3: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for
2: a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users
3: don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today.
1: Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon-perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours, and love your nails more than ever. I would know; I've been doing it for years. Get twenty percent off your first Manny system with code Perfect Manny Twenty at AlvinJune.com/PerfectManny20. That's Perfect Manny Twenty at AlvinJune.com/PerfectManny20.
3: The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast Feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. Guys, we had a big week in the Force Center Podcast Feed world with a a lot of listeners, a lot of new listeners, and uh, thanks to... uh, Magic of the Force, Joseph, a double databank brawl Thursday.
2: The Force was magical, dropping that double databank. Man, what a beautiful Thursday. Uh,
3: fighting and shame for Star Wars characters. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of shame uh, and, and fighting. But uh, we want to thank the fans again for making that uh, special one uh, with the surprise big names. If you haven't listened to it, I won't spoil it here yet. Go back and uh, catch it. We, we, uh, we always like on databank brawl, Joseph, I mean, it's your show, it's your creation there. Those second tier, third tier, sometimes fifth tier characters. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, real deep benchers. Yeah, but
3: we went big time.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we put out a request to get some more iTunes ratings and reviews by our recording date a couple weeks back, and uh, you guys nailed that. So then we recorded this very special episode with two major characters. Right. And I think I think we treated them with the respect that they deserve. They have some
3: embarrassing moments. Yeah. But I think we all learned a lot, and we and we changed canon. That's right. As we know it. So uh, check it out. And thanks uh, again to all of you who are uh, uh, who are who are just supporting us in a great great way. We appreciate it. And uh, Jennifer Landa is here today. I am. I, I like this K2SO shirt you got on. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, yes. I, I, Hot I, Topic. I, I want to add a camera just for your t-shirts, because you <laughs> always have some really good t-shirts. <laughs>
0: I figure if I can wear them here, this is the perfect place to show off my Star Wars t-shirts. I almost wore my Jabba the Hutt and Leia shirt today.
3: Um,
4: I
0: thought it might be a little bit too much, though. <laughs> too much.
3: Too <laughs> <Yeah>. much. <laughs> too
0: much. Jabba's giant head. On
3: Interesting. <laughs> no, Ed, speaking of Leia, mm-hmm. Joseph, you had a, an, an amazing experience and chance to go to the public memorial yeah. of Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher. and, and Yeah, it's, uh, it is still sad. It is still kind of heavy on our hearts, but it was an interesting and amazing experience you had, right? Yeah, it was a strange and beautiful voyage. Uh, it was my wife's mm. birthday, and she
2: had found that they are having this public memorial. So mm. uh, it was open to the public, mm. but it was also the friends and family because the actual mm. ceremony had been very small, and this right. was for people who had been in Carrie fisher and debbie reynolds lives but also open to the public and it hadn't been publicized a lot and yeah, i uh, didn't hear much about it yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's my wife's birthday and she's like i know this is weird but this is what i want to do for my birthday oh. that is at forest lawn cemetery which is right by the warner brothers lot uh, right. basically in the hills r- right behind the hollywood sign yes yeah. uh we discovered that uh on it was held in this uh um auditorium that seats like 1200 people and the built on the auditorium was the note from 1917 when the building had been constructed and it sounds like forest lawn had mostly got its start the idea that they wanted this cemetery to be a place of transition and new beginnings Hmm. instead of depressing and the end right right uh, and that was just powerful by itself because i'd never been to forest lawn and seen this very open flowing yeah. very beautiful peaceful place it is impressive mm-hmm. and then the uh the whole uh event was a celebration it was mm. emceed by carrie fisher's brother todd and he really set that tone of like mm. they would want to show and they would want this to be a celebration.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
2: while it was sad, it was very life affirming. Sad. Yeah, uh, yeah. And very, very fun. And uh, there was some stuff that was very much just for the, not not just for the family. It was for the family in that mm-hmm. he really said, like, I dug up some old family photos that you're never going to see anywhere else again. We're going to have some friends of the family talk, uh, and then he made a big deal, and so did several of the other speakers about how much Debbie Reynolds truly believed that she owed Hmm. her time and her care to the fans
4: Hmm. and that Hmm. fans
2: were part of the extended family Hmm. and that even though Carrie sometimes joked and wrestled with Mm -hmm. her Star Wars fandom that she took that belief from her mother and really felt it and really shared it. So mm-hmm. people kept reminding basically the people in the balcony, the fans, yeah, the people, you know, one person was cosplaying general Leia Organa. Hmm. Uh, one person had a shirt that said to me, she is royalty. You know, yeah. it was, it yeah. was the weird star Wars fans. And then the person who was like, you know, the 80 year old who was probably there when Carrie Fisher was born, right? Mm-hmm. like mixed together. And there kept being uh, mentions of, we don't know you personally, but your family too. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool and uh, really affirming. I could go on and on about this, but I, I just wanted to, to pick out a, a couple really sure. quick, cool things. Uh, there was a speaker named Gavin, and then I had to look up because there was no introduction of like... This is it, Here is, it wasn't a slick show. It was a yeah. very honest, it was Todd. Yeah. So, Todd, sort of like in people who've watched Bright Lights have seen him. He's just like, I, I love Hollywood. I sometimes kind of produce shows, but it was, yeah, it just is kind of like there are some bumps in the tech. But he was just like, doesn't matter. I'll make a joke. Doesn't And he's like, yeah. and now Gavin, you know, and the family are like, <laughs> we all know who Gavin is. And right. fans yeah. are like, Who's, who, what's a Gavin? Yeah. Um, and I looked him up as an old family friend, but uh, not in the entertainment industry. He wrote a book about uh, dealing with terrorism and how to protect people. Uh, oh, like wow. He's developed plans for protecting the Supreme Court from danger. Wow. Uh, wow. But an old family friend, and he said a lot of funny things, a lot of touching things, but he really uh, offered... A kind of counterpoint to the way that Carrie Fisher talked about herself, particularly in her books. And he painted right. a picture of someone from the second he met her Yeah, was full of life. Hmm. Everybody wanted to be around because she was so charming, so funny, nothing right. awkward. She always knew what to say. Hmm. She always was ready yeah. with a laugh when nobody else knew what the hell to say or what to do. Filling everybody else around her with life and saying like how much she, as much as he joked about it, she did love the fans. So yeah. it, was, it was cool with all the talk that we've done on this podcast. About how Carrie Fisher joked and talked about herself and exposed her own insecurities. It was really interesting to see a friend say, like, I know that was true for you, Carrie, but from the outside, you were amazing from
3: the second I met you that 's great that's that isn't for me that's because uh, that was so you know that's all how she was so open with that and her feeling of herself and that that Princess Iris book contained so much of that doubt and everything to hear from hear from a close perspective that's that's absolutely uh, touching and refreshing yeah. too yeah
2: that's great the one great just fun Carrie Fisher Star Wars story he told was that uh, he went to Disneyland with her. And they went on the Star Tours ride. Oh, man. And then she was kind of aware of, like, oh, what, what am I doing? All right, all, okay. kind of, all right, this is weird. And then, you know, she sat down and everybody's like,
4: what's right.
2: And he said that the lights went out. And just uh, at, right before the ride was going to start, she yelled out, yeah, that's right, you hit the jackpot. <laughs> you get to ride this with Princess Leia. Oh, yeah. I love her.
3: Love her. Uh, no, yeah. that would have been awesome if they, oh you gosh. know, they nowadays they pop it up and they like we have a rebel spy amongst us. They had brought up her on the camera, it's Princess Leia,
4: like General Leia. What?
3: Yeah, well, wow, that's great. I'm, I'm uh, so glad you get to experience that. And there was some looks like there was some kind of Star Wars memorabilia on display there too. Did I see some oh, of those yeah. photos?
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, there was an R two D two. There was her dress. Uh, it's Debbie Reynolds' dress from singing. In the rain, Mm -hmm. Uh, there were a bunch of displays that they collected up from the Walk of Fame, where uh, people had put things out. uh, That's great, and they gathered them up and they put them on display there. Uh, They did a great. they did lots of different film roles, but one was just Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, and mm-hmm. they had it started with her birth certificate, and mm-hmm. it was really accurate because it was the birth certificate as Princess Leia. Oh my! So it was gosh. like birthplace of Polis Massa Base. Oh and, wow! Wow! You know, yeah, it was it was like deep accurate.
3: You know, born <laughs> you cut.
2: nineteen years before the Battle of Yavin, and That's then R two cool. rolled out and beat sad, and yeah, there mm. was it was definitely oh. like. Hey, we aware, we're aware that you know her and love her from Star Wars, but yeah.
3: here she was as a human being, too. Yeah. Mm, wow. That's wonderful. yeah, wonderful. That's great. Really great stuff. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yourself, absolutely. Uh, and yeah. and uh, taking all of us there with you uh, with those descriptions, and that is uh, sweet. And, uh, Jennifer, you're here, and uh, we have some Star Wars news, some interesting news, cool. some of it uh, coming out this week, and some of it does pertain to our beloved Princess Leia.
0: Yes, it does. Uh, during a talk last week for USC School of Business, Disney CEO Bob I. Tiger shared some things that are on the horizon for Star Wars. First, he said that their creative team is starting to think about what could happen after Episode Nine, and mm-hmm. what could be another decade and a half of <laughs> Star Wars stories. I was like, did I read decade and a half? Did I, did I read that right? Just yes. say
2: forever, Bob. Just say forever.
0: <laughs> forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, actually, in regards to Carrie Fisher's passing, uh, quote, we are not changing 8 to deal with her passing. Her performance remains as it is in 8. In Rogue One, we had some Character, we are not doing that with Carrie. End quote. Mm-hmm. Um, so, two things the decade and the half thing. I mean, it yeah. really sounds like it's full steam ahead. Before they were kind of waffling, like yeah. we'll discuss after 2020. Now it seems like no, they're, they're on mm-hmm. it.
2: Right. Like, let's make the battle plan so that we're not scrambling every five years or so to figure out what the new battle plan is, but really look super far to the future.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: My first thought. Yeah. Is That means I'll be 55 oh. talking about Star Wars <laughs> on the Four
4: Center podcast feed.
3: <laughs> my first thought was... <laughs> I had the same thought. I'm like,
1: oh my gosh.
2: I had a more depressing thought of like, oh, that's happy and depressing. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay, good, good. I, I just immediately went to like, but I, I don't... There are going to be movies after I die? That's not fair. <laughs> I yeah. want to see all the movies.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I agree with that sentiment. Absolutely. <laughs> I
0: know. It's going to be a Absolutely. legacy that continues on past our life. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the second thing that we were kind of talking about before we started today mm. was this notion that they're not changing Carrie's performance in mm. Eight. Mm -hmm. So then, Mm -hmm. what does that mean for nine? Right. They've got to alter that story somehow.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm thrilled. This is what I hoped the answer would be on eight. Mm -hmm. When there were the normal reshoots, we all talked about, like, maybe it's to address Carrie Fisher's passing. And I was really hoping it wasn't because Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. sure Ryan Johnson has made a very full, complete story. Right. Mm -hmm. And it would suck to be like, and then an asteroid hit the base. Right. Right. Right, right, You know,
3: or something just kind of clunky. Right. So I'm thrilled by that. Uh, Ken, what do you think? Well, I, I, I mentioned it in passing on uh, Jet accounts when we talked about this story, but... Uh I wanted really to bring it up with you two because we've talked about this and it's unpopular. But if you connect those dots, we're not changing eight. Uh, We're not digitizing the character in future chapters after that. Well, we know that she was going to be big in eight and possibly that meant nine. So I think this is a recasting warning. Yeah, I brought it up a a while back when we were talking
2: about this. Uh, And I think some people have interpreted some things that Lucasfilm has said Mm -hmm. to mean that they're not recasting. But... Sure. I've never heard it that way. Maybe I've missed something, no. but I don't feel like these are ironclad. We are not changing right. her performance. We're not doing digital. Yeah. So what's
4: left yeah. exactly. behind
2: door number three? And also, you know, when we talked about this before, there's this delicate balance between respecting Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. and respecting the character of yep.
3: General Leo Organa Solo. Yeah. Mm. And, and giving that character the right and proper and planned ending or yeah. next chapter in that story. Because what's on the table now is
2: she the character passes somehow between mm. 8 and 9 and it's used as a rallying point, a motivation for the sure. other characters in 9 or mm. they recast. That's right. what's left on the table, right?
3: Je- Jennifer, are we wrong
0: here? No. Are we reading too much into this? No. I, In fact, when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense because if the fact that they're talking about this decade and a half of Star Wars stories, I'm like, of course they would recast Leia yeah. because then they could conceivably... Con- you know, continue Continue. her story. Hmm. So I think we have to to brace ourselves and I and I know i 've said i don 't like the idea, but I think after the initial shock of it mm-hmm. and it's really well written, which i 'm sure it would be, the seeing Leia continue on would be a good thing
3: uh, yeah I, I mean I think Joseph, your point is what has kind of helped me wrap my brain around it more now i, I still i know that 's going to be tough yeah this mm-hmm. isn 't all the Reich doing han this is uh, this is the role continuing under another person and I just think you're right, Bloodline is a book, yeah mm-hmm. it's not Carrie Fisher right. uh the Leia comic is a comic, it's not Carrie Fisher, so the character does exist outside of her, yeah, it looks like her, it acts like her, um but I think you could find someone to do it, and I want that i don't yeah that asteroid thing like we that would be more disappointing to me, yes. yeah, and then putting a you know Meryl Streep in 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 the, in the in the leia leia role yeah yeah you want her to yeah it, it's not it, it feels an off
2: camera something seems almost disrespectful in a way mm-hmm. to me like tasteful yes yes mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. because like right. the, you're saying she's not carrie fisher carrie fisher's dna is in the character yeah so i do feel it is also respectful to carrie fisher to like mm-hmm. make sure those things get celebrated
4: yeah, right. that
3: she put into that character.
4: Mm. The yeah.
3: drive and the humor and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And you can find, there's 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 talented actresses out there. Yes, I there still are. think Annette Benning would be an interesting choice. Uh, and and it, I think you could find someone at a high, high level. I don't think you find someone, not that there aren't unknown talents, but I think we could rally behind it. Yeah. I think so.
0: I oh, think so. Right, Jennifer? I love Annette Benning. What a great choice. Something different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. We're all
2: going to emotionally be in a different place when Eight comes out That's and true. she is amazing. It, and that'll be a whole another set of emotions before sure. we oh, yes. are even getting on to processing what's next. It but is right. a process,
0: right? Well, another thing that came out of that talk that Bob Iger gave was that he reiterated the state. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry, I'm just going back. He gave <laughs> some new details oh. about Han Solo. I need some coffee. It's okay.
3: <laughs> I'm not editing that out. I'm leaving it in, Jennifer, because you need coffee.
0: I need coffee. Um, so he said that the story will start when Han is 18 years old and will take it through when he is 24. That's a long period. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also a key demographic, 18 to 24.
2: <laughs> True. Uh, a lot of money. In, Han, when right? Han is in these quadrants, that's when the movie will take place.
0: Yeah, the moneymakers. Um, yeah. He also said that we'll see how Han meets Chewbacca, finds his beloved Millennium Falcon, and also how he got his name. Right. Yeah. That, to me, was <laughs> a double take. That
2: was the record scratch that rang out across the internet. I yeah. want to talk about this 18 to 24 thing, okay, though. You're
0: more worked up about that,
3: aren't you? Yeah. What, it yeah. It. yeah.
2: Because this is, I'm I'm going to go way out here. I love I'm, it. I'm full of Star Wars theories <laughs> today <laughs> about recasting. 18 to 24 means this is not a Rogue One. This isn't going to end with him going like, hey, Chewie, yeah. let's have a drink at the cantina. Right. This means that they are setting up more movies if this goes well, because it's yeah. ending with him not fully formed. Oh my God. It's throwing in all the important stuff. You're going to yeah. get a Chewie. You're going to get a Lando. You're going to get a Millennium Falcon. Yeah. You're going to get, in the tradition of Star Wars, maybe something you don't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> His secret previous name, but it's
3: leaving time-wise a good chunk of time before A New yeah. Hope. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think you're right on board with a trilogy idea here or continuing adventures. Yeah. Um, my first thought was, same thing you had. It was like, good, this isn't butted up against New Hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, we had that with Rogue One. I liked it in Rogue One. But I don't, yeah, yeah, that, that. <laughs> Chewie, you thirsty? Fake it black. I'm like, no.
4: Yeah, oh, the cantina. Oh, no. oh gosh, can Honda
3: Baba, Dr. Evanson oh, no. kind of walked by them. Yeah. Gre- Greedo wa- peeks around the corner oh, <laughs> watching them. God. That I could accept that at three films from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit more. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm okay with it. But. I have all the faith in the world in this movie. The cast has been great, all that kind of stuff. The 1824, uh, it, it's checking boxes that I we all know. So it's, again, how you execute the story. Sometimes doesn't have to be about surprise. It's just like, okay, yeah. this is the story. But, all right, so he's going he's gonna to get the Falcon, he's going to save Chewie, he's going to get a life dead, all that kind of stuff. We know all that in mm-hmm. some way. Is it exciting to see it happen on screen, or do we? Or is it just like get past that and get to a new adventure? Mm. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think a lot of Star Wars storytelling is getting into, like I've said before, the sort of Greek tragedy Shakespeare. It's not what happens, it's right. how it happens. Right. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about yes. Rebels, but we know... Half these characters we see, we know they're not going to die right? because of where we are in the timeline. So
3: I, I think that's the trick of this movie. And mm. uh, and, and again, I'm, it's all about the execution of the story. It's, yeah. it's not necessarily one's the other one's, one's better. I just, that's where my mind went first. Mm. And the other big item in that story, Jennifer.
0: Ha, the Han Solo. What, what do you mean his name is not Han Solo? I mean, like, we know that Star Wars names are notoriously, like, weird, right? Yeah. Sure. So I'm like, well, is his name, birth name, weirder than Han Solo? <laughs> yeah. Or is it just, like, normal? It's like Bob. You know, Bob here's, Smith.
3: Yeah. Here's my, my, here's my hot take. Yeah. I, I Han Solo's original name was Hot Take. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, it could be, and I've seen this on the internet some other people. I think the guys at Star Wars Junk on Twitter put this out, too. And I agree with it. Where it might not necessarily be his literal name. Yeah. It might mm. be his reputation. Oh. It could be.
2: That's what I, that was what okay. I was hoping, is that Bob my personal mm-hmm. close friend bob uh who runs disney right. uh misspoke and said it meant to say how he made his name instead yeah. of how that he got his name more, that makes more i would a be so happy. yeah because yeah. i think this is way back in the prequels early prequels release day i think this is midi Chlorion, i think this is darth vader made c3po level we don't want or need those these Revelations, these connections made. Right. Mm -hmm. Fan territory. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the people making this must know that.
3: Yes. Yeah. And yet. (laughs) and, And yet. And yet. Um... If it is, let's just say oh. he wakes up and he's, uh, my name is Barris C. Striker Jr. <laughs> <laughs> what, do we, what do we do? What do oh, we do, Jennifer? No. What do we do, Chester? I
0: don't know.
3: I, yeah,
2: I will ask someone else to give me Star Wars counseling. <laughs>
0: right.
2: If he is an orphan yeah. oh, no. and he has to fill out a form mm-hmm. with his last name and he has to change it and he stares off into the distance and then writes down, Solo. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of more than anything, because I mean it's yeah. one thing if his name was just some we if we'd live with him forever is Dash Rendar and that was his name yeah, yeah, liked yeah. Rendar, but Solo it's not yeah. you know it's not
3: subtle yeah. right what it that word means right. Yes. Yeah. well I um. mean you know I trust the filmmakers I trust the story group I really really do uh, we'll see what they do you know I think Iger he's talking to investors on a conference call yeah <laughs> he's probably in his office twiddling a pen going I need, he's gonna get his name. Yeah, Mm, right. Yeah,
0: I'm going with. I like your interpretation. You misspoke. Yeah. Uh, So not every Star Wars name is quirky. Uh, Woody Harrelson told Jimmy Fallon on this night show (laughs) that his character in the Han Solo film is named Beckett, like Samuel Beckett. Mm. He also shared that Beckett is a criminal and a mentor to Han Solo, which we kind of figured. Yeah. Um, He couldn't say anything else about the film, but he did say that he will be in London shooting the film until the end of the July. So Beckett. Is that too boring of a Star Wars name?
2: <laughs> we don't know if that's... Is it just one name, like Beyonce? Or <laughs> right. is it that his last name? Is that his, uh, name? Yeah, is that is his it, first name? Is
3: his name Solo Beckett? Solo Beckett? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it. I mean, yeah. if it was, you know... Again, we had that whole thing where he allegedly accidentally revealed that Gareth Shrike is his name. And right. this could be... This could be... what What, what is Khan's John John Harrison? Yeah. This, this could be, hey, Woody, you gotta go out and say this. Mm. Or um, this could be, you know... I. I You're not going to let good old Woody just run... Wild on the press, you know. Yeah, it, 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 we joke about Mads Mikkelsen leading up to Rogue One <laughs> <laughs> doing stuff. It That's happens. Awesome. It happens. But you know, th- there's handlers there. There's PR yeah. people there. Right. There's yeah. an entourage. Uh, I mean, I just had the, uh, I just had the the Power Rangers stuff by Collider. Nineteen people came with them. Wow. What? To protect everything they said and did. Wow. And uh, so Woody's Woody, but mm-hmm. someone I think this is approved. I okay. Know, it
0: has to be. Yeah.
3: Has could to be. be a red herring. Yeah, mm. Communism is a red herring. Um, didn't
2: he uh, just? Uh, didn't Woody Harrelson just announce, like, days ago that he was done smoking pot as well? Isn't yes. that the two bits of Woody Harrelson news this week?
1: Yes, yes. So, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I would After imagine.
0: 30-something years, he <laughs> said that he finally quit.
2: Yeah, so maybe this is reaction? I
4: don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what was really interesting, too, is that Jimmy Fallon was like, oh, are you a big Star Wars fan? Have you always loved the movies? He's like, ah! There, i watched him he's it like it's nice <laughs> to be a part of it
2: <laughs> yeah we're gonna get used to that because yeah. i mean they're, they're getting these big name yeah. actors who are just yeah. like yeah no i that's not my thing right yeah, and that's yeah. fine that's
0: okay That's fine it's it was okay. just funny how he responded yeah um so let's talk about the big thing that's happening soon if you can't make it to florida for star wars celebration this year fear not hmm. the event will be live streamed Thursday through Sunday, and features celebrity guests, interviews with Star Wars creators, and panels. Some musty content that will be broadcast live are a Star Wars 40th anniversary event, Star Wars Rebels panels. And a special discussion with The Last Jedi director, Ryan Johnson, and Kathleen Kennedy. I mean, that's going to be the one, right, where they're going to release a trailer, a teaser, something. What I want to know is, because this is what they did with The Force Awakens, and and I think it was last year, too, right? Are they going to show, because you're going to be there. I am, yes, I will be. So are they going to show the fans in person something, just a little bit extra, just as a reward for showing up in person? I hope,
3: or I'm staying home.
0: (laughs) I'm happy because I won't be there. There, so yeah. I want to know everything. Yeah, give yeah. us give us it all. I'll, I'll
3: text you guys. Okay, um, thank you. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't know for certain, certain um, uh, other than I know. So Thursday morning, 11 a.m. is the 40th anniversary. Friday morning, 11 a.m. is The Last Jedi. Uh-huh. Other stuff along the way. Um, I, I don't know. It's, that's intriguing. I think they, they did shut it off. Right? For both? And in the Rogue One stuff too? When they released the little uh, trailer, the mm-hmm. teaser for Rogue One at, at Anaheim a mm-hmm. couple years ago? Yeah. I can't remember.
0: They didn't share that. Yeah. They, but right. uh, I think uh, that it somehow leaked online. But The Force
3: Awakens, they mm-hmm. did release the trailer,
0: right? Yes. 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 At the same time, basically. Yeah,
3: simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just remember being at a gas station on the <laughs> Nevada California border. Oh my gosh. I wanted to tell my friend Paul, pull over. Oh,
0: my gosh. Um, um, so, And you're going to be there with Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jedi
3: Council is there, so we do have a panel on, um, gosh, it's failing. Uh, my mind is failing. There's been so much going, as Joseph knows. Uh, my mind fails me often here. Uh, <laughs> I do have that here, thanks to the wonders of the internet. Uh, uh, Thursday, 6.30, 7.30 p.m., oh, so cool. don't go out to dinner yet. Come by and see the Collider Jedi Council, uh, a live taping. I don't think that will be streamed by Disney, <laughs> but uh, we'll be there taping it, uh, taking live questions from the audience. And then Friday, 3 o'clock to 4 p.m., is the Star Wars movie trivia showdown. It is now a three-way battle with me, John Campia, and Sam Whitwer battling out for the new Star Wars movie trivia championship. Wow. Live in front of a crowd, and I'll tell you, I'm already, I'm already nervous because Whitwer knows you have to be perfect to beat Witwer. He's a machine. Yeah, right? He is he a is machine. Impressive. He is a legit machine. I do know a lot, but I draw a lot of blanks, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm nervous. But I'm also nervous because. I know there, there's going to be some there's going to be some Lucasfilm eyes. Yeah, <laughs> so oh, I'm yeah. just going to be like, oh, all right, all right. oh boy, I'm gonna you f- will uh, you will win the charm game. No matter who wins the trivia game, I think
2: you can outcharm
3: anyone. I will, Ken, I will, so I will I think try. Be good. I will try, but I it'll be fun. Be so if you're out there in Orlando, yeah, come out there. And then I'm going to try to do some um, in my spare time, do some from our Force Center Facebook page. Like it if you haven't already, and I'll do some live uh, live streaming from there, just walking around and having yeah. some fun there. Yeah, and
2: I I, right. I, I, I wish that I had gotten on looking into more into uh, Star mm. Wars celebration uh, to see what opportunities there are for for the Force Center group crew, crew yeah. to come. I'm be doing a better job of that with upcoming conventions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking for opportunities for us to do some stuff there. Um, and then mm. my plan is to sit at home and watch the live stream. Me too. Get a costume. Yeah. And oh. then uh, maybe get some uh, some odor as though so I'm surrounded by other human beings. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so I feel entirely like I'm there. Because that's all you
3: need Love is it. if you're dressed up yourself and there's a little <laughs> bit of that hot sweat yeah, oh, being at a convention, yep. then it's almost the full experience. Add in some of that Orlando humidity. <laughs> Yo, Orlando man. humidity. It's going to be fun. I'm going
2: to crank the heat in my apartment, close all the windows. <laughs> it's going to be dark and dank <laughs> and beautiful.
3: Yeah, I uh, oh, I am going to miss you guys over there, uh, four Center crew. Uh, we hope to be getting out to more and more conventions. We had a great yeah. time at the LA Comic Con, the Stanleys LA Comic Con, and more of that to come. So yeah, Star Wars Celebration is going to be cool. Getting excited, getting geeked up for that flight out there to Orlando, my first time in Orlando. Ooh. So you uh, will see that goes, but uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> go. watch
2: out for the Gators. But I am uh,
3: excited for these panels. I'm excited for the 40th just as much as the last Jedi one yeah. because they promise big surprises. Yeah. Oh, oh, come on, George. So yeah, oh, I'm hoping gosh, for a yeah. man in the flannel. Oh, yeah, man. I'm so <laughs>
0: upset. I'm not gonna be there. Oh, and I have a pass. I just, you know, life. Yeah, is just yeah. the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, you know, it always comes back to Rogue One. I feel <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, we're still talking about it. Which, of course, the blue. Blu-ray, I believe, is out now. Right. So that that explains yeah, that. Yeah, the
2: digital is, and then the, the Blu-ray elite will,
0: will be out, yes yeah, soon. Thank you. Uh, so Rogue One writer Gary Widda? Widda. Mm-hmm. Okay. Revealed, I know him on Twitter, but I just, I never pronounce their names. Uh, okay. Uh, Gary Widda revealed that in the first script, Jin and Cassian survived the final battle. Mm-hmm. It was a happy ending. He said that they didn't think that Disney would go for such a, a dark ending like <laughs> the one that we saw, so they had the characters escape Scarif. Uh, but Rogue One's creative team thought that the rebels should sacrifice themselves for the cause, so they made their case to Lucasfilm. Widda said, quote, We told them, we feel they all need to die. And (laughs) Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy and everyone else said, Go for it. We got the ending that we wanted. End quote. In that early script, there was also no Bodie Rook, Jared Emway, or Baze mm. Malbus, and that Jin was an enlisted rebel soldier instead of a street criminal recruited on a spy mission. I
3: thought you were going to say street urchin. <laughs> a street urchin
0: wearing a newsboy cap. How would you think that that ending would have changed things? I don't think I would have liked it. I wouldn't.
3: What yeah,
2: I think this really, really worked. I think part of the big success of Rogue One is that they're willing to do super different things and in, in assure uh, hardcore fans and, I was going to say softcore, and that just sounds gross. <laughs> Casual <laughs> softcore
4: fans. fans. Softcore I'm fans. A, I'm a softcore
2: Star Wars fan. <laughs> you know, my mom's a softcore Star <laughs> um, Wars fan. Uh, totally. Not. Uh, anyway, uh, and, you know, it lets people know we're going to do different things. So, like, when we hear about the Han Solo movie in like, uh, 18 to 24, that's a time range, a jumping through time that we haven't seen in a star wars movie mm-hmm. and if the movies keep mm-hmm. giving us stuff like that that's hey we're trying new things that's going to keep it fresh for fifteen years and until we all die. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah.
3: <laughs> um, I the more I hear about all these alternate endings and different versions, which you know, a lot of movies obviously go through that, and the Star Wars universe is, is no different. Um, this is early, early stuff. In mean, fact, that Bodie Rook wasn't in there. Some of the other stuff. But the more I hear about this stuff, including some of the fabled uh, deleted scenes or reshoots, the more I'm happy with how the film ended. Right. Yeah. Uh, I still have some first and second half act, act, act questions, and I don't want to even say problems, but but, but how that movie ended, I am more and more happy. Yes. It, 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 it hit the right tone for me. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, uh, and I think another thing he said in that interview was it, it was clear through all of the writing hurdles that they were going through in order to make it happen, that they couldn't find a good way to make it happen, mm-hmm. mm. that it felt like the story was always moving in that direction, you know, yep. and, and I like to hear things where writers are talking about listening to sort of the organic truth mm-hmm. of the story that they're telling. Mm-hmm. I'm well, glad. Like, that, yeah,
3: so, and, and you know, there's still, like, I, I wish Jin didn't have the... Bond villain moment with Krennic and you know, give the whole speech, but those are little tiny things. But the tone at the end of that and that that super cut that's going around of the of oh, Rogue yes. One and yeah. New Hope
0: spliced together, yeah, it's really cool. It's mm-hmm. really
3: cool. I actually uh, that's a fan edit I can get behind. Uh, yeah. I didn't en- I did enjoy that because that's the feeling I had leaving the movie. Is, I want to go watch New Hope right now. Yeah, right? Yeah. And I think the movie struck that tone. If you had stopped and Vader went back and killed Krennic and you know Jin and Cassian escaped to a bed and breakfast on uh, you know Naboo. <laughs> None of that would have worked. None of that would yeah. have worked. They're yeah. eating shawarma yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mm,
0: yeah. So that's so that's the news this week. That's Ugh.
3: the news. And we are still here. Good stuff. A lot of big things. A lot of big things, man. As we, And I'm sure as we get up towards celebration and after celebration, we're going to have a lot. We're going to have to just break down the news an entire episode. Oh that will gosh. be. Yeah, it'll be great.
1: This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with.
0: underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals get more cool facts about united Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com
4: hey dave
2: yeah randy since we founded bombas we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy wait what i got it bombas absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did
1: we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/ acast and use code Acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Sharon and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just two dollars a manicure.
3: main topic. One of the things we want to touch upon today was the season finale of season three of Star Wars Rebels. It uh, finally came out. We've all now seen it, right? Correct, Jennifer? Did you get a chance to check it out?
0: I watched the first half and part of the second half, so I don't know the exact ending, but that's okay. You can spoil me. Okay. Okay. Okay.
3: Okay. That's good. We wanted to talk about it here, Joseph, because it is is big. It is good. It is zero hours, part one and two. And- you know we have that uh, up and down relationship with rebels sometimes, but this is one of those times, and there's been a lot this season to be fair where I am really really up on the show yeah
2: mm. absolutely it I, I understand uh, that it that some of the the changes in tone and style episode to episode from rebels is maybe a budgetary thing mm-hmm. uh, I've had a couple things pop up this week yeah. that remind me of that quotes and whatnot yeah uh, but man the previous episode Twin Sons and this one it feels like there is an effort to literally shoot it, make it look and sound more like a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. in the camera angles, the way the camera moves, mm-hmm. the music actually being much closer to music from the original trilogy, right. I am not afraid to say it was my wife's birthday, we had had a wonderful day, I had yeah. had several cocktails, <laughs> <laughs> and by the end of the evening, when we watched these, uh, the, the second episode of this finale ended, yeah. the music came on, and I said to my wife... I'm gonna do a little Star Wars dance, and I I was so excited, filled with oh. childlike glee. I did a little dance
3: to the the closing credits theme, which was just oh, oh it was soaring, gosh. folks. That's also a lesson in love. Find yourself a partner that, on their birthday, they allow you to watch Star Wars and do a Star Wars dance. That is teamwork that is. at yes. its best and love at its core, Joseph. Yeah. Um, that uh. is that is great. Yeah, and the, yeah, you're right. The music and and I keep coming back to this word cinematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jennifer, some of the stuff in in this. The the ships, the space battles—we've talked about it, but. Obi Wan and Maul. Yeah. Um. Uh, the camera movements, like I said, the camera movement of, of pushing in on Obi Wan to make it mirror the Qui Gon scene. Yeah. In in Twin Suns and now this, Jennifer, this mm. is cinematic stuff.
0: It really was. It, and you know, I I obviously have not kept on up on Rebels this this past season. Um. But I I wish that my daughter was al- was older. Oh because, yeah. Because right. you know, we've I've been reading her all the the books and things mm. like that, so she knows about Yoda, Obi Wan, Luke, all that. So it would have been fun to be able to be like, oh look at, look at have this right. kind of Inside moment that she knows these characters and knows their fate later on. Yeah. And that's why I think that the show does really well, it's mm-hmm. kind of connecting those threads. And boy, were those some beautiful shots. Yeah. The space battle, of course, the Twin Sons episode, that music. I got chills. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I really am missing out on this show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this, well, this one got got started uh, quick and fast. I didn't waste any time, went right into a big battle. And there was a. Uh, what are some of your favorite moments from this episode, Joseph? Uh, two things. Yeah. Kanan in Bendu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, There's a lot going on with Kanan. Kanan had kind of
2: dropped out of this season a little bit, and Mm. we got some just kind of uh, canon truth drops that Mm -hmm. he doesn't feel like he is fully trained as a Jedi Knight and has force-wise told Ezra everything he's got. Mm. Uh, Also, this idea that he is really... We've got this before, but the real clarity of I have got to a kind of zen place, Mm -hmm. and his zen place thematically matches the story of Rogue One. Yes. That you, if there is a conflict... Eventually, the right thing, the moral thing to do is right. to choose a side and act. Right. Mm. And you can't just kind of sit back and go, I'm a peacekeeper, whatever. Right. So I love that from Kanan. Mm-hmm. That Bendu, you know, I love Bendu, yeah. voiced by Tom Baker. Yeah. Uh, the I, This idea of being presented for the Bendu, we yeah. kept wondering, like, what does it mean to be in the middle? Yeah. And you realize, like, he's maybe just. Uh, a little coward. Yeah. <laughs> He's be. just a rock who wants to hide. Because that's um, that's basically be. what Canaan accuses of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, accuses him of. It, so he st- still doesn't seem like he has an agenda. He's like, well, I yeah. kind of use the Force to hide Adalon yeah. because I want to claim that I'm so cool and so removed. It reminds me of people who yeah. won't choose a side in any kind of fight, political, your favorite yeah. movie. Right, right. And they just sit outside of it going, I'm so cool because I can tell you what's wrong with both sides. <laughs> mm, right. Right, 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 Then right. you just seem like a giant
3: Force hipster rock,
2: <laughs> which was like a oh. really cool presentation.
3: Oh. I, I uh, watched that Rebels recon on the Star Wars YouTube channel and Dave Himself said, I have always envisioned that the Bendu, um, he just wants to take a nap and everyone keeps waking him up. That, <laughs> is that kind great. of makes some sense. Yeah. yeah. And a big ending now of that ending, and, and uh, the Bendu goes, uh, he's taunted, so to speak. He's pushed into choosing an, a side, and even then he kind of does it. He does, but he chooses he the action of turning into a force cloud and yeah.
2: attacking both sides, really.
3: Yeah, really, right. really does. Um, I loved that moment, actually, as the ships are flying away and the storm and the lightning, and yeah. he's taking out walkers. Caden Jaris, like, what the yeah. clouds are screaming at you. Um, I, you know, we talk often, Joseph, about hey, when Star Wars goes into areas of sci-fi or yeah. fantasy, maybe too much in one direction. Um, it, I find it sometimes weird. I, I bought into this ending. I loved it. This was perfect Star Wars. This Four is, storms. Uh, tip, tip of the <laughs> iceberg storytelling that I, yeah. that I keep talking about. Of like, yeah. y- you need to throw in the weird
2: things. I love it when Star Wars calls back to what we know. Yeah. But we all one of the things we know about Star Wars is the new the wild the weird. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the Bendu is a giant uh, ox rock thing <laughs> voiced by Doctor Who who yeah. appears to have no opinion on the force but then when he gets really annoyed yeah. that his nap has been interrupted
3: he will turn into a storm cloud <laughs> and shoot everyone with lightning. Like that's a oh, yeah. that's great wild weird stuff. I love that. I love that. And we finally oh. got uh Thrawn in action literally yeah. figuratively a lot of stuff Jennifer with mm. Admiral Thrawn that we've been waiting for I, I, I personally had thought this would come eventually they were playing some kind of long game with Thrawn um what was your take on on uh, the Grand Admiral in this uh, in this episode
0: um, I I enjoyed him. I do want him, and I it's, you know, they can't go too dark with him. Mm-hmm. I would like him to be even more sinister, more oh, okay. manipulative. Uh, but that's just my own. You
3: want him to do some dark killing? side? <laughs> yeah, you want him to do some killing? Should he have killed Callus right then and there?
0: That's kind of maybe yeah. Okay, that's where I want it, want it to go. The yeah. little, the fight was nice, mm-hmm. but I wanted it to go even
3: darker. It was slightly weird to me that I got it from the point of view of hey Thron probably wants Callus to watch this. Hmm. Uh, forcing him. But at the same time, you have two death troopers with him till the very end. You put him with a couple stormtroopers. Of course, Callus is going to escape. I thought that I I am glad Callus survives. Whether or not he goes right. on to become Krix, Krix Maidine is a, <laughs> a thing going around the internet. I don't oh. know if I can accept well, like, that. His button chops are removed and placed on his head, <laughs> but, which uh, explains yeah. Maedeen's haircut. Um, I don't know. But okay. um, yeah, that was a weird little point. But I, I mean, I, f- for me to see a lot of what Thrawn in it. Stay true to the character. A lot of his analysis of what's happening is because, you know, I know what this guy is from. And he studies this and that. And uh, the stuff about Sato and saying, oh, here's what he's good. Dodana saying, well, he's not a coward. He wouldn't be the first to try to leave. Mm. But I did like how that played out. And I love seeing him dawn. Done a general veer style walker battle gear type thing and hit the ground himself. I thought that was kinda cool too.
2: Yeah. Mm. And I liked the I felt like they followed through on the menace that he did calculate everything, he did plan everything, Mm. and he would have won if it weren't for the force cloud. Yes. Yes.
3: Mm. Mm. He, would, he absolutely would have won. I think it was, it, was a, uh, it was one of those, you know, and I think we're so conditioned now to have shows and end with big deaths or giant right. cliffhangers. I call it the Game of Thrones effect, where <laughs> we're all waiting for episode yeah. nine to change the way that season was. We got that a little bit last year with Ahsoka, but I think I was fine with this kind of slow burn going into next season. The, yeah. the end, the cliffhanger was, the Rebels got their asses kicked. Hmm. And this was not a victory because we can't have that until Scarif. Yeah, ah, storywise, and
2: and a kind of a cliffhanger of basically ending with Kanan saying to Ezra, like, I think you know we both can live in that freedom. We just need to fight for it. And mm-hmm. you know, fans thinking yeah. probably not. Yeah, you two, yes, big picture. Yeah, true. You two, probably <laughs> not.
3: What? What? what to go a little bit into season four predictions, which I think are very. We'll find out information very soon at Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. But, well, they're, they're going to Yavin. They're just, AP5 mm. says it, they're going to Yavin. Yeah. that's They're not Dantooine, no, they're going straight there. And the Masasi temples are there. And there's a lot that you could happen, and we're starting to see some, some of it with the, the Dr. Aphra comic. There's definitely a history there. Mm. Um, do they factor into that, Joseph, Jennifer? Do you guys think Cain and Ezra walk, run around with lightsabers on, on uh, Yavin could 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 lead us to something, yeah. Huh. I Republic think so. Key.
2: I, yeah, Ooh, maybe. Interesting. Maybe I'm hoping to see because I felt like they've dropped the thread, I'm hoping to see Vader actually hunt them down.
3: I'd like. I do. I, I, yeah, I think that almost <laughs> kind of has to happen. Yeah, yeah to me, I like
2: because that. they sent the uh, uh, you know minions after uh, yeah. him, after Kanan and Ezra. But mm-hmm. the, is the it would be a good way to tell the story of the rebels are gro- growing as a threat. We really need to de- the Empire really needs to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vader they can't win any battles because they have Jedi go, yeah. get rid of them get out of your castle get out of yeah. your bathtub
3: <laughs> and go do something yeah um, but it was, all, it was great to see uh, Hera kind of develop as a you know continue to develop I should say as a military leader in power mm-hmm. it makes sense that she's going to slide right into uh, Rogue One uh, General Syndulla right Jennifer?
0: Oh, yeah absolutely yeah she's been a great character to see mm-hmm. kind of come to life and, and explore more so now how many more season, have they said how many more seasons they're going to do they or? have
3: not and they the, the four is definitely happening as we know they work on these things so far in advance i don't i'm fine with four being the last one it makes some sense i feel
0: like it's going to be
3: yeah they're connecting so much thematically and timeline to rogue one Mm -hmm.
0: it
2: feels like unless they introduce like you're saying some real like deep star wars introduction to old republic or kind of opening up some really new window of storytelling we're getting close
3: right and i think you're gonna see a lot more the mandalorian stuff i keep yeah. jokingly predicting that it's a spin-off show but um, <laughs> yeah. there was that piece of art released of uh you know Dave Filoni re- uh, concept art and it's a bunch of uh, uh Mandalorian helmets on mm. a, b- a smoky battlefield and it looks ominous and, and a lot of uh, you know a lot of people saying hey you know with the civil war happening Oh that's great yeah um that could be oh. you know, Saxons versus um uh, with the rows or whatever it is with Sabine's family and everything that, and the Wrens that, that could be where it goes I think we know Bo-Katan voiced by Katie Sackhoff is coming back so I think we're definitely going to get a lot more from uh, uh, the Mandalorians there did you like Sabine coming back yeah. did that make sense
0: um you know, and this is where I'm like, I really, I need to be watching this show more to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. have, to really have these, these things make, have significance. More sense connected yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, well, exactly. tell your
3: daughter to
2: hurry up and grow up, <laughs> yeah. Jennifer.
0: Know, What's I wrong know. here? It's getting me.
2: Did you get to the, the line
3: where Hera calls Kanan love?
0: No, wait, what? Yeah, and I, yeah. that's Maybe a great I that. that's
3: a great thing I wanted to bring up yeah, there. Yeah, we should talk about yeah, that. Yeah, that is definitely it was slipped in there and I was uh uh all right, all right it's a humble brag. I was watching it with Stephen Staten, and he <laughs> he he kind of flinched at that too. He was like, <laughs> "Whoa, wow." Yeah. That's ooh, that's and he brought up the one goes, you know, "Hey, sometimes, you know, standards and practices won't let certain affections show up on kids' shows." Quote really? Unquote. Really. And that this could have been, you know, cuz if you've read New Dawn, it's quite clear. I think they've spent some time together, yeah. know, or at least Kanan wanted to, and I think you know that's seven years before the start of Rebels, and they're spent all this time together. Not that you have to have them end up romantically, but I just see them naturally the way the characters are going. So to have that pop up. I mean, oh. Joseph, that was like a little I, flash. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, for a couple of reasons. Because this whole episode did
2: a really good job of not just saying family in a sort of like fun, almost sharing a moral to the viewers' way, mm-hmm. but it upped the stakes because you felt like the characters would truly be devastated in this battle if they lost someone. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. this battle, felt like they could lose someone. Yeah. So it worked really well uh, from that perspective of, of mm-hmm. like Hera might win the battle, but if she loses Kanan, that's yeah. it for her mm-hmm. yeah. emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, just I've been missing some romance and stuff. Hours. We've talked about many right. times, and it's right. nice to get a little bit of that, like, yeah. that flair of just kind of classic romance, and very classic romance to call someone love. Love,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Well, hey, Maybe Kanan throws away his lightsaber and uh, uh, ends up with Hera. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Season 4 could have some stuff there. And, and to close up the discussion on this episode, this, this was, uh, you know, it's not a full review here, but it was a great episode. It really showed uh, what they're capable of as a show, producing these cinematic type of, of dogfights and space battles and, and and big themes. And Joseph, to me, that makes it seem perfect sense that we might see the Battle of Scarif from the ghost's point of view. Oh, I think we will. I yeah. think Filoni kind of half-handed, eh, maybe we'll try that, you know? Uh, yeah. It, eh, that could very well very well be a thing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I'm
2: super excited to see that. I want to throw out one other thing yeah, about yeah. the Bendu uh, yep. for, for our, our we, few we Dr. Few hands. We know Fuham. this
3: is you love the Bendu. I'm,
2: I'm all about that Bendu. I'm the Bendu. Uh, the one in you? the middle. I get it. The middle. <laughs> <laughs> the middle. Where are you again? Where Malcolm was? The middle? Got it. Yes, Uh, so Bendu, voiced by uh, Mm -hmm. Tom Baker. One of his lines is a pretty close callback to a famous Doctor Who episode when he says, I am Bendu, I bring death, which is like such a great line (laughs) Yes. uh, just in this. But there's a a pretty popular Tom Baker classic Doctor Who episode called Mm -hmm. Pyramids of Mars where the villain that Tom Baker's doctor fights says almost exactly the same thing. He says, I am Sutek, I bring the gift of death. Oh, that's oh, wow. so
4: it's
3: almost,
2: so it's like oh
3: that's nice. hey thanks that's gotta Aww. be it yeah. yeah yeah they gotta toss that in there there love
4: that
3: well all in all it was a very interesting uh, season three of Rebels uh, and a lot more to go. Uh, Felony, if, if you haven't checked out that Rebels Recon episode, it's it's pretty pretty good. It's pre- the last couple of Rebels Recon's have been really really insightful into some of these big things Rebels is putting out there, and they talked about season four. You're gonna have Mon Mothma back, you're gonna have Saw Gerrera back, and, nice. and Felony, you'd love this Joseph. He just flat out. Said, Says, I'm starting to realize Rebels is um, uh, our way of finishing Clone Wars. <laughs> he, I uh, didn't intend that, <laughs> but it is.
2: It, Yeah, it really is. Yeah, uh, so we're
3: going to get a lot of that. Then, you know, Bo-Katan comes back as well. That harkens back to uh, even back to Season 2 of Clone Wars. So it's good. So uh, let us uh, know what you guys thought about the Rebels thing. You can reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook and uh, maybe uh, make some predictions for Season 4 before we get some words uh, on Season 4 at Star Wars Celebration. Now, one of the things Star Wars Rebels did in the Twin Sons episode was really address head on the idea of the prophecy in Star Wars of the Chosen One, which is pretty big. And prophecy is it's, it's pretty big in Star Wars. It's it's even bigger than some other nerd geek uh, properties, but it, it's always, that's kind of an epic. It's it, Epics need to have their prophecies, Josh. Yeah, yeah. And the Chosen One is a pretty big one, factored in heavily to the prequels. Uh, and in uh, his last moments, Darth Maul, or Maul at the time, asks Obi-Wan, is Is he the chosen one? Uh, Will he avenge us? All that good stuff. And Obi-Wan says, yep. Yep, he is. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Luke Skywalker's the chosen one. A-okay. Thumbs up. And that caused kind of a big kind of Twitter storm in the Star Wars universe. Obi-Wan could have looked directly at the camera and said,
2: don't at me. I think Luke Skywalker is the Chosen One. Mm. So, Discuss it amongst yourselves. Uh,
3: mm. let's, uh, let's dive on it. The Prophecy of the Chosen One is about bringing balance to the Force. Uh, Obi-Wan says it's going to destroy the Sith. Uh, but going to Force Awakens, you know, Laura Santeca, Joseph and plus Jedi needed for the Force to be in balance, which brings up uh, a lot of conversation uh, about what is the balance of the Force? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah. I mean, we've discussed it a, a lot before. But I'm really liking the idea that there is this prophecy that everybody agrees on the prophecy, right. but all of these characters have different perspectives. Right. And that was a thing I think that got discussed a lot right after Twin Suns came out of like, hey, the story here is that's what Obi- One thinks. Yes We are not We Star Wars yeah. are not telling you the fan that Luke Skywalker is the chosen one after all. That's right. Obi's perspective. Yeah. Um, so I'm always interested in like, well, what, what do we as fans want? The prophecy to mean? Do we want it to be to destroy the Sith? Do we want it to be like there should be all Jedi, that there should be two Jedi and two Sith? No
3: Jedi, no Sith? Yeah. Like what (laughs) should the prophecy be? Be about. Mm. Jennifer, what have you always taken the balance of the Force and the prophecy of the Chosen One to mean to you as a fan?
0: Uh, To destroy the Sith. Okay. You, you can't have them. I mean, which is, which is <laughs> weird. <laughs> which is weird, right? Because it's like, you know, you can't have uh, light without darkness, darkness, yeah. without light without that whole thing. But they just, you know, they just can't be trusted. So you can't right. have them around. Right. So they, they are so evil. If there were some bad, It's okay, Sith, you know, maybe not full bad, then (laughs) uh, we could keep them around.
3: We talk about gray Jedi, but maybe there's some gray Sith. Maybe there's some gray Sith.
0: Those guys (laughs) can can stay, or ladies can stay. Uh, But no, I've always thought it was just to destroy them.
3: Okay, Joseph, you far off on that, or you, 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 you think it's about destruction? I think,
2: yeah, I, well, yeah. I wanted, I used to like the idea that it was about mm-hmm. balance, whatever that means. If, like, right. the right balance for the Force is 800 Jedi and two Sith or whatever, that, like, that all sides <laughs> of the Force are being used and respected. Right. Um, I, but now I'm starting to like this, this is my just wild crackpot. Love it. Uh, in the corner theory. I would like it if it was, the interpretation was, uh, the Force shouldn't be used through an institution. Mm. Mm. That hey, mm-hmm. great! Use the force. Use the good side. Use the light side. Use it to uh, for passion. Use it for peace. Yeah. But you guys are perverting it with your structure. Yeah. Mm. With the 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 way it's been codified by the Jedi, the way it's been codified by the Sith, because yeah. then the prophecy can be about both destroying the Jedi and the Sith, because it's about their infrastructure,
3: basically. Which Interesting. you know, yeah, and that is uh, that gets it to. Uh, it, it, where growing up, going to what you're saying, Jennifer, we Jedi are the good guys, right? Darth Vader and the Emperor, the Sith are the bad guys. Yep, balance should be they are destroyed. We think uh, Anakin. Destroys the Sith, that brings balance. Yay, happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, with the Bendu and all the stuff and uh, this annoying uh, but sometimes uh, important gray Jedi concept, I, I absolutely think you're right. And and the prequels definitely put forth Joseph that the Jedi kind of lost. There was, something was up with the Jedi, right? right? Yeah.
0: Jennifer, yeah. you're agreeing? No, yeah, you're right. I mean, what about if there's like some sort of checks and balances? Like how <laughs> it is? You know, I think there, there was Jacosta the news. Job.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe yeah. if they both were kept in check, then we. Could have both of them, but right. I just don't quite, well, you're right, absolutely, the Jedi could be a little sus- suspect yeah. with their decisions yeah. and what they wanted. And, and maybe
3: in, in his travels, inspired by Lor Santeca, who believes the Jedi are needed to, to bring so-called balance, you must have them uh, to counteract whatever's on the other side, and it's a seesaw, teeter-totter kind of thing. Maybe, Joseph, Luke goes uh, goes through all this studying and has now come up with the idea of, we don't need the Jedi anymore, the concept, like yeah. you're saying, and he and Ray were. The the last ones, we're good. I'm good. I'm the last Jedi. We're gonna start something new.
2: Yeah, mm. look, look. I'm gonna train you in the ways of the Force. You can yeah. call yourself a Jedi, but really, mm. the Jedi is just like, hey, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not gonna have any rules beyond yeah. that. We're not gonna get over overly dogmatic.
3: Yeah, now as and, Palpatine huh. says. And, and the the thing to counter, I'm arguing with ourselves, Sir Joseph, to the general public, to the people who grew up with New Hope. But there's. I can't imagine them doing that. But at the same time, Ryan Johnson's promising things you haven't seen before and weird directions in Star Wars. It's called
2: The Last Jedi. Yeah. And the, the part of me that's like Jedi has always meant the purest, the, the best. I don't want the word Jedi to, to go, go away. away. I want right. it to be a fist pumping thing. But at yeah. the same time, when you get into like the storytelling of it. Yeah it is, it makes sense of like Lucas' like this my father came from this flawed system. I tried to recreate this flawed system. Yeah. Mm. Now I have a third. the galaxy wants me to have a third go at it. Yeah. Am I just going to do it again,
3: or am I going to approach it differently? Yeah, it would make sense.
0: Yeah, they've got to rebuild. Mm -hmm. That's just like the Democrats and the Republicans. They have to rebuild. (laughs) Tear it down and build it up again for a
3: new world and a new time.
0: Right, so I think you're right. Maybe they are going to be the last Jedi.
3: Yeah, it's just structurally. Did the Star Wars Rebels throw out Luke as the chosen one uh, to set up the last Jedi? This big question and Obi-Wan looking, pondering, going, oh, there's there's 17-year-old Luke running across the fields there. Uh, That's the chosen one yep, that's the one. Is it, is it is it something that's going to be answered in this movie, do you think, Joseph? I, uh, I
2: feel like that's maybe, I think it's a possibility. I right. don't know how to handle it for a big movie like The Last Jedi. If yeah. Luke is wrestling with a, a prophecy... Mm-hmm. You need to spin that the right way so you, I think you don't get too deep into the Star Wars nerd bubble within yeah. the big Star Wars movie, sure. which is kind of weird to say. Yeah, but yeah. it makes business-wise, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know. business-wise, they've been really good at—the whole creative team has been good at setting things up. Right. And this was a great way to redirect— Fan discussion to who is Luke Skywalker? I realized right. after I watched it that's what's so artful about this. Yes, is it makes us ask exactly these questions. When yeah. this is it's now time for us to all turn laser focus on Luke Skywalker and celebrate him,
3: and, which to me has to happen to pay off the story go- that went around leading up to Force Awakens. That Abrams said, Hey, I got Mark Hamill back because I said, Don't you want to find out what happens to Luke Skywalker? Yeah, so that's it is all about Luke. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it is about Luke, uh, in this one particularly. Um, Jennifer, anything thoughts on uh, on that can a cartoon set up a big movie
0: um i'm going to say <laughs> there's your answer yeah no i i think that i think that they, it brings up a great question mm-hmm. you know who is the chosen one and i i thought of you joseph you oh, know well, from a, you. from a certain point of view yeah. right because it's like you can't have Anakin Vader's redemption without Luke. Mm. They're almost intertwined in mm. some sense. Right. The mm. fact that they they're the chosen two, <laughs> right. so it's it's a complicated answer. But I I don't know if they can use the cartoon to set up the Last Jedi because not everyone watches Rebels. Absolutely. So it's that Absolutely. thing again where they don't. I don't think that they expect you to. No.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, so as I'm thinking about it, maybe you know, there's got to be some good discussions between Luke and Ray about like, are we doing this? What yeah. are we doing it under? Under what philosophy are we doing it? So right. maybe there would be a way to just very lightly. Mm, right. I could see that. Just, just a, a throwaway line from Luke in the film about, you know, there was a prophecy about my father. And sometimes I've wondered if I inherited it.
0: Ooh, like, I like that. If oh, it
2: yeah. was something as simple as that in the movie yeah. that would let us uber star wars nerds yeah really dive down on it and just be a light idea in the film
3: yeah mm. i think and in this the story that also kind of broke of hey we're gonna see three classic planets most likely it's uh, looking like uh, mustafar endor and tatooine what yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's it's still i i don't think it's 100 percent, but i, I yeah. think it's one of those things but uh and i was kind of like oh i want Naboo. um yeah. still might but all the three of those planets if that's true have some big connection to darth vader Yeah. big connection to luke and and his storyline and and that the, the going back to the prophecy of the chosen one yeah so that'd be interesting is anakin or luke the chosen one joseph from our perspective from your perspective from my perspective what which, truth do you cling to from mm. the
2: truth that i cling to is that from obi-wan's perspective as a character he really wants it to be luke mm-hmm. he wants oh yeah you know mm-hmm. he wants to say i didn't Totally fail. Mm-hmm. In fact, the prophecy was misunderstood, and it's Luke. And I'll, I'll, will do this. This
3: I'll do it right this time. There's a reason I'm out here on a campfire in a desert planet for 19 years. And yeah. It's that kid. That's why he's the mm. chosen one. Yeah, I, I mean, agree
2: with that. I still think that Anakin, you know, uh-huh. completed his fate in his, yeah, his part of the prophecy.
3: I, yeah, I, I say Anakin is the chosen one. Um, whether or not the prophecy was misunderstood as Yoda uh, put out in the prequels uh, to be seen. But I think for that, for that reason, for what they were talking about, yeah, it, it, was, it yeah. was Anakin. Yeah. It had to be. Had to. He was born of the forest, Jennifer.
0: He was. He was and George Lucas himself said it. You yes. Know, that Anakin was the chosen one. Although I want Luke to be the chosen one. <laughs> Why? Why? Why is that? Why is that? I think because... He was so innocent and inherently good, and to see Anakin can't be the chosen one because he became so warped in, in, in yeah. his thinking. So that, to me, means that he's not the chosen one if he allowed right. himself to get swayed and turn to the dark side.
3: I like that idea that you're, cl- you're clinging to. Luke is the last hero, really. Yeah, he is. He has always been. He's my hero. the good guy. Yeah, yes. and
2: I want him to be having a super hard time in the last Jedi, in mm. facing hard decisions. But I, I don't want him to dabble. With the dark side. I want him to continue to be Mm -hmm. like what you're saying, Jennifer. You're saying it multiple times, multiple ways this episode. Of like, I want, (laughs) I do want my fantasy epic with the affirmation of Mm -hmm. good should triumph or at least try to triumph over evil
3: yeah i would i would like it a little to be like aragorn's journey where it's it's not about he never went bad he just didn't want to be who he was yeah and had to face that Mm -hmm. and maybe that's what luke is going through not like uh yeah i I wouldn't want luke to go bad i just it's it's it ruins not ruins but 40 years of storytelling and luke being the guy the Mm -hmm. good guy to have him suddenly be like guess what Red lightsaber time? No, no. no. for a cheap no. pop from the crowd. No, for a cheap swerve. No, no. I I want it to remain pure. But yeah. if, he, if he's going through a long dark tea time of the soul, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's okay. It's a
3: heavy burden. Yeah, heavy burden. I accept that. Speaking of burdens, Anakin, if he was the chosen one, he he had to been. He was familiar with this pros- prophecy, Joseph. So, can you get inside Anakin's head behind the mask? And and what do you think? Anakin and then later Vader thought about this prophecy.
2: Yeah. I feel like when he was Anakin, it was baggage Hmm, because that's why he was there. That's one of the reasons that everybody was weird to him. Some people Mm -hmm. thought he should be there because he's the chosen one. Right. Some people thought he was a danger because he's the chosen one. From
3: early on. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So just growing up with that baggage, I think maybe, you know, what he wanted was to save the people he loved and maybe he managed to interpret the Mm -hmm. prophecy that way. Yeah, I think he manages to turn it around in his head. Is he's Vader? And it's just my own kind of headcanon. Yeah. I don't know if it's really super supported in, in Lords of the Sith or anything else. But Vader, Vader seems to be about order. Mm. So I wonder if he mm. could say like, "Yeah, the prophecy of the Chosen One is the one who will end war by just having total control of everything." I, I'm the one to bring order. Eventually, mm. I'll kill Palpatine, and then I mean, he does just say that in Lords yeah. of the Sith. He doesn't interpret it as the prophecy, but he says, right. "I will bring order." Right. Hmm. Right. 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 My to my your new new
3: empire.
2: Yeah, Um, exactly. So I would like it if he was like, oh, they all misinterpreted it. It means I'll kill everybody who opposes eh. me. And then it will be order, and yeah. everybody will be
3: happy. And then later on, rule the galaxy's father and son. Yeah. Mm. Could Have, been have picnics. Him. Great.
0: <laughs> I like that. and Because, I mean, from a villain's perspective, they don't they don't think that they're doing necessarily the bad thing. They think right. that they're doing the right thing. Right. So that would be his way of justifying it mm-hmm. and living with that ter- terrible decision. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. Well, I think when you go to the Clone Wars episodes on Mortis, he's very oh, aware right. of some— possibility of something going wrong mm. and I think his intentions as we've talked about before saving Padme and his kid that he believed at the time all that kind of stuff I think from a certain point of view villains like you said Jennifer are think they're the good guys in their story yeah um, I think I wonder if there was some kind of burden once he became Vader he's still struggling with that idea we've seen some of the books now and you know connected still to to snips and all the stuff in his yeah. past and mm. and even as he's seen in the comics flashing back to Padme and all that stuff there was some kind of burden and that he felt that he was the chosen one but failed to live up to that as well. Ooh. And maybe that was factored into some of the last second uh, change of heart and, and helping destroy the Emperor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where he carried it around his head and I, I like what you're saying just where he felt maybe he could overcome that and rule the galaxy as father and son. He probably secretly hated the Emperor on some level uh, for maybe doing so much like he saw with Maul. You yeah. know, Some of the stuff coming up with him. Of uh, I don't know. Maybe he just, just had this Vader was extremely depressed Also, through the original trilogy. Yeah. Just, I, could I, was, I was supposed to be the chosen one. Now I'm just lackey. He, right.
2: could, he could just see it as utter BS too. He could just yeah. see it as this is more just ridiculous yeah. untrue wrong way to look at things that the dumb Jedi told me. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm just doesn't matter. It's right. a dumb idea. <laughs>
3: And moving away from just the specific Chosen One, uh, as we start to break into more official Old Republic-style stories that are starting to break out, the Doctor Aphra comics touching upon it, Rebels are starting to touch upon it, Um, do you think we'll ever uncover other prophecies related to Sith and Jedi, and maybe the Chosen One from the Sith point of view? Should we ever hear that kind of stuff, Jennifer?
0: ooh. This is interesting. I had yeah. never thought about that. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get something in The Last Jedi. I really do. I feel like we're going to get some sort of prophecy, some sort of mythical. They're going to take mm-hmm. it back to that place. Yeah. I don't know what. Attached
3: and, to Rey maybe? or Attached, attached to, to Rey
0: or maybe even Kylo Ren. Who, okay. who, I mean, I don't know. Right. But yeah, I would guess Rey. That would okay. be my immediate guess.
2: Yeah. It, yeah mm-hmm. They could... It could be just sort of a passing of the buck of the Chosen One to Luke or to Ray, yeah. But Luke has been going around studying Jedi right. artifacts for a long time at this point, so yeah. I would love it if they actually did introduce a new prophecy. You know, yeah. and as we talk about as prequelists, yeah. love a lot of the things in the prequels, but sometimes they're not executed super well. Right. I think the prophecy is one of the most interesting parts, so if they're able yeah. to introduce a new prophecy and execute it really well, mm. so you're, it's clearly communicated to the audience. Here are the here the questions. Yeah. You know, here's the drop-down menu of what this could mean. <laughs>
4: yeah. Now
2: go debate it. Watch yeah. the characters debate it.
3: I would love a new philosophy, yeah. and, uh, a new prophecy. I mean, I always go to Game of Thrones, which has uh, so much uh, prophecies. It's it's so amazing. And, and some of them compete against each other. Mm-hmm. Some of them ride side by side. You know, who is Zorahai is versus who's the three dragon riders, all this stuff. You can get lost in the, on, the, on wikis about this stuff and just <laughs> read for days. So I'm okay with the idea that, yeah, there was a chosen one, and now there's cho- chosen one point two. Yeah. That is you, Ray. Or or Kylo mm. or something like that. Yeah,
2: I'd also be happy with like not as important ones because clearly at some point prophecies were being made. So I'd like yeah, it if yeah. they're more <laughs> just about like yeah. you know uh, a a
3: lonely one will live on Dagobah and you're just yeah. like oh
4: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
3: Yep. came true. Hey, going back to the Rebels finale, Bendu gives one to Thrawn basically. You know I've yeah. seen your end. Yeah, death cold, will grab you with yeah, a cold million. hands grabbing you and whatever it was. Hmm. Uh, that, that's uh, that's the prophecy in its own way for the throne. Oh me. yeah, A yeah, no? a little threat prophecy. I want to do want to hear the Sith, the Sith one. Have you ever told you about these? The prophecy of the chosen one that will really annoy us. Yes, and cause problems with us. Watch out for shafts. <laughs> <laughs> Put handrails up. Did that memo get up? Um, though there was some handrails in the throne room, we know that. Um, uh, what do you? Th- we, th- we go back to this. Uh, the Concept of the balance of the force. Uh, any thoughts on what that actually uh, means, Joseph? We talked about it. A what does that mean to you? I want some specifics on if, if the Sith, what if the Sith were to take control? Again? Again. Yeah. And the Jedi are gone. That's kind of balanced, right? No, <laughs> there's no balancing. <laughs> just evil. Oh, are you a Al- Landa in this where you just want the Sith destroyed? I don't yes. just want the Sith destroyed. Here's,
2: here, you know what? I'm willing to work with the
3: Sith. Got it. Well, Here's okay.
2: what I'll say. Okay, you're reaching across the aisle. I'm reaching Chuck across Schumer. the aisle. Yeah. Here, I'm, I'm going to pitch them, and see if we can get <laughs> work together on some legislation. Uh, passion. <laughs> emotion. Great. I yeah. think you should use those to reach out into the Force. Right. I think the Jedi uh, get too dogmatic and shut off too many. Mm-hmm. Uses of the force, passion, mm-hmm. great. But as Palpatine, Sidious himself says, they go beyond that right. of using hate in normal emotions to unnatural. Let's do things that make the universe go. No, that's yeah. weird. That's not right. Yeah. So I think the, I think it's the unnatural part. Maybe maybe that's what the prophecy is. Mm-hmm. Is get rid of the unnatural things. You cannot save people from death. death. Yeah. You cannot create a life that mm-hmm. is.
3: Unnatural. Right. Jennifer?
0: I don't think that you can have balance with these guys because (laughs) you just can't.
3: I love that Jennifer's a hardliner. She's a hardliner. She doesn't want to buy a partisan force. No, no,
0: because because this is what fuels them their hate. Fuels and power yeah. fuels them, and so they're just. They, in fact, they might go, go. Go. Okay, sure, we'll agree to that, and then yeah. do something duplicitous uh, and, uh, and betray you. you.
3: You don't have trust of the Sith.
0: No, No. we can't trust them. Okay, don't don't no, okay. stretch the olive branch to them.
3: Does does the Force care? I think we've talked about this kind of stuff before, but it, it factors in here. Does the Force care, Joseph? Does the force care good or bad? Does hmm. it just want to be like the bendu? Oh, I want to be left alone. Use me to pick up some fruit every now and then. I think the bendu
2: <laughs> is, yeah, use me to pick up. I think the Bendu's got it wrong, which is why I really like the Bendu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think he's just hiding from stuff. I think the Force wants to be used. Mm -hmm. I went on about this when I thought the Force Awakens was going to make the Force more of a character. Yeah. Like it was going to be upset because it hadn't been used. Yeah. But I like that idea. Like, well, it's got preferences of like, knock it off with the unnatural. Maybe a little less hate. Uh Yeah. But I like the idea that it it, it wants to be communed with and used and and, and manipulated. So it wants. Lots of force users mm. running around okay. and that mm. I, I like the passages in um, Catalyst mm. where uh, Lyra UrsO mm-hmm. was aware she wasn't a force user, but she was a tiny bit sensitive. Yeah. And she could feel like. The universe was just dull and sad, yeah. With mm. the Jedi gone, that there wasn't this light and love that seemed to kind of okay. permeate everything. Yeah. So to me, it's like, well, the force out of balance is just like everything always feels like a Sunday night across the entire <laughs> galaxy. Like I don't want to go to work in the morning. Everything is just gray and
3: devoid. Uh. <laughs> That's funny. That's oh funny. my gosh. Uh, what does it do to the Star Wars story? Oh, by the way, I think it is uh, balance is going to be something new. It's going to be the Sith Eye, and it's going to be a new <laughs> combined. Oh. They're going to move in together, the Sith and the Jedi, and they're going to find some new way to Sith do it. The Sith, oh, the Sith Eye. Sith Eye. Uh, <laughs> gotta, trust me, it's uh, you'll see there's going to be a comic series about oh it. Sith Eye for the Ken guy. guy. Oh. What does it do to the Star Wars story if we assume <laughs> that this prophecy, the chosen one, is just BS? It's just how you interpret it. Does it change the original trilogy? Does it change the beloved prequels, Joseph? What does it do going forward? If it's like, guess what, what you thought was something isn't, and here's the new thing. Yeah, I think you could interpret it as just Jedi-Sith
2: internal business, because certainly Mm -hmm. the battles of the Jedi and the Sith, they affect Mm -hmm. the galaxy deeply, particularly the Sith taking over the Jedi in the Clone Wars, but you you can do a reading of Return of the Jedi where Luke's victory is just redeeming Anakin Mm -hmm. and... The, at best, he distracted Palpatine. Yeah. And maybe Palpatine would have escaped. But, you know, it's all of our non-Force-using rebel heroes who blow up the second Death Star. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm.
2: You know, so the I, I think that there is a world where the interpretation of Star Wars is the Jedi and Sith are running around doing all of their things that they think affect the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And then just some guy like Han's like, nah, and he shoots a button, and <laughs> that takes care of things. Whatever magic button needs to be shot right then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't think that is the story of Star Wars sure. that it's BS, but I think that there is, uh, it's a fun thing to, to think about, are the Jedi and Sith making it about themselves right. more than is accurate to the events? Yeah.
0: Hmm. A little bit of that, Jennifer. Wow, I never looked at it like that. That's fascinating. But see, I can't let myself look at it like that because otherwise, Mm -hmm. you know, that wonderful scene between Obi-Wan and Anakin, you were the chosen one. Oh, every time I watch it, it Uh, brings tears to my eyes. It's so powerful because Mm -hmm. the weight that he was the chosen one. So if it's BS, well, oh no, what am I (laughs) going to (laughs) do? I won't look at that scene the same way.
3: Again, I think think that scene is true and I think now we're seeing the the fallout with Obi-Wan going Mm -hmm. on. Well, I, I guess I was wrong. You know, I had no way I could have failed. And <laughs> no, you were the chosen one, yeah, yeah. and now I'm going to assign that to, to someone your son. Yeah, one else. Yes. And next, maybe to my granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in closing, to wrap this prophecy out here, guys, if a little fun one here, uh, Joseph, you want us to uh, This is from your brain here. Uh, if there was a prophecy about you, what would it be? Yeah. Yeah, I want us all to answer. Oh, my uh,
2: gosh. No, I think uh, I was thinking about the answer to my own dumb question. uh, (laughs) And I think maybe I was a little tired. Yeah. It it would be great to have a prophecy where you... Didn't have to be super proactive.
0: <laughs> I like that kind of prophecy. So,
2: a prophecy where, like, some mystical being, the Bendu, yes. appeared in my apartment yes. and said, "The galaxy will know peace if you napped more often." <laughs> and you're like, all right, I will
3: fulfill <laughs> my are, duty to the galaxy. You are the great napper.
2: I am the great napper. So maybe something where okay. just yeah. all of this. Uh, every prophecy and everything we've ever seen is yeah. just dumping a huge burden on the character. Okay. Mm.
3: I can get behind that. So be a lighter burden. Oh, for no. your, your prophecy. Uh, it was, is it destructive because you want to destroy the Sith? So uh,
0: no, it wants to be like, I, I, you'll make people laugh or something. <laughs> is that like a fortune? That's like my fortune cookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's,
3: <laughs> you know,
2: it's for, uh, for any fortune cookie. If you add at the beginning to bring peace to the galaxy, <laughs> then it becomes
3: a prophecy. Yeah, okay. absolutely.
0: Okay. I'll take it. That's Mine. Yeah, oh, boy.
3: Yeah, I think I think mine is uh, you know dawn on the seventh day. Look to the west, and you will find the man who knows all the chips and salsa in this town. Like I want to be <laughs> the one who brings balance to all chips and salsa. But, uh, just something to, I could something I could be proactive at it. Joseph. You could be proactive. You but could it, be jo- bring joy. Yeah, not a lot of uh, heavy burden on me. No. I right. Don't want no. heavy burden.
4: <laughs> all right, out
3: there. If you have a prophecy about yourself, let us know. Go to Twitter. Use the hashtag Four Center. Let us know on Facebook. And and of course, reach out and uh, continue this conversation with us. What do you think about the Chosen One? What do you think about the prophecy, Anakin, Luke? What do you think? Uh, what do you think brings balance to the Force? And we will uh, we'll talk to you about it there. Maybe even bring them up on the show. We take Twitter questions and Facebook questions from fans, Joseph, and we got some fun ones here to close out this week's show.
2: That's right. We got some light, fun ones, a couple of meaty ones. So we'll go right into it. Brian Ward from Facebook asks a nice, straightforward question. Ties into our conversations today. Do you want? Rick- to have a Padawan braid in episode 8. Ken, your face is answering my question.
3: <laughs> no, and, and look, I'm going to, this is a real world answer. I just, uh, you know, Daisy Ridley's just just the bee's knees. And yeah. uh, such a such a wonderful actress and uh, personality. I mean, uh, she just, uh, she just looks like one of those people that brings joy to every room she enters. Yeah. I don't want her to have to wear a Padawan braid. <laughs> <laughs> I think she deserves better than that. No. I, and it would keep in line, story-wise, where Luke's like, she's like, should I, do I have to grow? did you do one of those things he's like you- no <laughs> Because I didn't have one either. <laughs> yeah, So exactly. Okay.
2: Yeah. Ray heard the myth of the Padawan braids. Well, uh, Jennifer, from a philosophical perspective or a hairstyle perspective, yeah. what do you think about this?
0: No, she can't. I mean, I just think that it will make us all laugh if we see it. Right? It'll just be so obvious. I think that she has that updo. It's like a half updo. I want it mm-hmm. to be so—although I would like to see braids because braids are a very common thing yeah. in Star Wars. So somebody has to have a braid braids in their mm-hmm. hair. Yeah. But not— not her Daisy.
2: Right now, on, on that toy packaging, she's kind of rocking a Qui Gon dude. Do exactly, fly. that's that what it is. Could yes. be hiding a Padawan braid in there. You know, <laughs> uh, Brian, I would love to see a Padawan braid come back. I think it was one of the great ideas of the prequels that uh, that worked for me for the most part. This idea that you are mm-hmm. showing where your station is and then that, you know, ritually having it removed when you become a Jedi Knight. I'd love to see it in some Star Wars canon uh, really get its day, uh, but no, right? Ray. I, I agree with all the points from my fellow Force enterers. Uh Our next question is from Adam DeJanes, uh, and he asks: uh, His Twitter handle is Adam DeJanes. You guys think Maul is buried out back at Kenobi's hut? <laughs> Hashtag Force Flail, which is a reference to our special databank episode. So go check that out to learn about Force Flail. Yeah. Uh, so Jennifer, I'll start with you. Uh, so you got a chance to watch Twin Sons. Yeah. Uh, what do you, What do you think uh, Kenobi did with? Start
0: <laughs> Why did I do the media thought was eat him? That's terrible. Why? <laughs> why? Wow. Why, you guys? I don't know wow. why a, my brain went there. That is
2: a great prophecy. <laughs> you will bring balance to the
3: fort by eating the fallen.
0: <laughs> Consuming wow. them.
3: He's a then. He's a then from the north. Too many to- cold
0: case files I've been watching. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow. Okay, so th- there's my answer.
2: That eat, Kenobi, eat Kenobi, him. Him. Kenobi uh, eats him. A- cook or raw? Uh,
0: I'm going to say cook, over cook him,
3: cook him like over the Dixter fire. Just like Dexter would have Prepared. Skewer
4: yep.
0: him? <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: yeah. uh, what do you think, Ken? I think he is uh, not near Kenobi's hut, but I think uh, Kenobi gave him a proper burial. Maybe he burned him, but I think he took him to some some uh, vista overlooking uh, the beautiful twin sunset oh. sunset. and I think gave him uh, somewhat of a respect. I think Kenobi showed that he understands this was a troubled. Creature, yeah. troubled soul, uh bent on vengeance. Issue 2 of the Maul comic is great, by yeah. the way, Ooh. and touches a lot, a lot on Maul, what's going inside his head and what fuels him. I think he finally found some peace in the end, and Kenobi maybe, uh, wanted to give him that respect. Mm. He's not I... buried near Shmi or Cleeg Lars or anyone like that. <laughs> no, no,
2: I agree. I think that Kenobi gave him a proper burial out of respect, mm-hmm. uh, a Jedi-Sith burial, and uh, burned him alive. Mm-hmm. And then I think that was out of respect and out of I cut him in half and then he came back. <laughs> yeah. I think Kenobi wants to know that Hutt is uh, that the mall is dead, 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 dead. So I think he, that he burns him I think he gathers every single ash. And I keep, think he keeps it in his hut and I think he checks on it every morning. I'm like, <laughs> you're not swirling around coming back together into some ghost thing, are you? I could get behind that. Yeah. Uh, Next question is a a longer one from Daniel Logic on Facebook, who asks, what do you guys think Luke does for food while on that little island during The Force Awakens? My first thought is that he fishes, but does he use a fishing rod and hope he catches a fish, or does he cheat and use the force to pull fish out of the sea? The second, though a guaranteed method for getting a meal, seems like the easy path, and that could lead to the dark side. Maybe. (laughs) So, what do you guys think he does for food and does using the force to catch a fish count as cheating?
3: Mm. Yes, it does. I think he, <laughs> you know, as he spent some time following uh, the fall of the empire with uh, everyone's favorite court jester, Jar Jar Binks. And I think Jar Jar <laughs> passed along him how to dive properly into the water. Do a flip and you go into the water and you fish. And I think that's what Luke does. You yeah. think Luke fishes? Yeah. All right. oh, I do like the idea of Luke sitting there in his robes with a little handmade fishing rod. Just oh, yeah. Nice and peaceful. the time away. Yeah. What do you think, Jennifer?
0: Mm, I think he eats like rats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just like these little, little creatures like scampering around and then he well, again skewers them and roasts them on an open fire. Okay. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, the,
2: that is the way of the Jedi. They,
0: yeah. Yes, exactly.
2: To roast and eat. the living
0: in my world
2: yeah i don't think it's not the dark side to catch a fish with the force i don't think so i'm gonna go out on a limb and just say oh okay i think that if uh i think that he has to luke has to wait by the Mm riverside or the ocean side and when a fish jumps up that is the force's way of saying the fish is ready Hmm. so i don't think he can pull it out of the water but i think he sits and he waits and when a fish jumps he just uses the force and lightly brings it Right onto the grill. I I can support that. that.
3: (laughs) I can support that. A
2: great, fun question, Daniel. Uh, Maybe we'll get a little deeper into how does preparing your food Mm -hmm. contribute to whether you use the light or the dark side of the forest? Because that's great. Our final question is uh, a good one from Randall Collier, at Randall Collier on Twitter. Which character would be your number one choice for a roommate, and who would be your last choice? Yeah. That's a deep one.
3: (sighs) Yeah, that is. Yeah. Last
2: choice might be Han Solo. Yeah. Though he might not be there a lot. He's not there a lot. There's a lot of great last choices. Yes. It's the first choice that's
3: really a challenge. First choice, Mm -hmm. I think... I might, oh, man, Jennifer. Do you have an answer?
0: I Poe Dameron. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was choice? no, hesitation.
3: Yeah. yeah. You
0: know why? Because he's. I imagine he's neat. Uh, he has mm-hmm. a lot of energy, so mm-hmm. maybe he's always like whipping things up in the kitchen, and then I can have some of whatever he's making.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, I think he's going to, you know, pay his bills on time. Like he's mm-hmm. conscientious, right? Uh, and if I was ever down, he would like pet me up.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I almost want to answer Wedge Antilles. Ooh. Mm. Uh, Wedge seems like a nice guy, quite clean. But I get the feeling—I <laughs> get the feeling that Wedge would kind of be that roommate that's like, "Hey, man, what you doing? Like, what are you doing tonight? Like, what are you doing? Want to go do something? Want to get some food?" Yeah. And I'm like, oh, "Man, I've had a long day flying an A-wing. Oh yeah, I fly an X-wing. I know Wedge. Uh, what, do you,
4: what, do you want to, what do you want to do?"
3: Anything? So um, I don't know. I was thinking—I uh, was thinking potentially. Uh, Crick's made in, uh, because oh, wow. he, he, again, clean, organized and quiet, yep. oh, somber. Yeah. And that's what I like. I like my silence at home. Um, I had one roommate that was loud and always wanted to do something <laughs> and, um, messy, left trash everywhere. Then the best roommates, the ones are just, Hey, I'm by myself, man. Every yep. once in a while we'll, we'll, we're friends. We'll hang out, get a meal, drink on the couch, watch some TV. But, um, yeah, I think Cricks would be like, I'm in my room planning an assault. <laughs> <laughs> You're leaving you with your Ken time, and then you could
2: use his little pointy thing that the oh, action figure yeah. came with <laughs> to, like scratch your back and whatnot. <laughs> Absolutely, perfect. Uh, my number one was uh, my first choice was Poe as well. Oh, really? <laughs> all the same reasons. Very, very supportive. Also, yeah. wouldn't he would be busy and have a cool social life. And I think every once in a while he'd be like, you can come along if you want. Yeah. Or you'd be like, hey so Poe, I'm just uh, I'm playing video games. you like, all right, I'll play with you for a few minutes, not yeah. forever, man. Uh, and also the the clothes sharing you. Can <laughs> borrow his clothes whenever you want point. that's in <laughs> canon yeah <laughs> alright so now we need last uh, do you guys have I can go first
3: so you guys have a, a... I'm, I'm sticking with Han Solo mm. he's your last yeah, choice yeah All right. Chewie's second I mean it Ooh, just seems yeah. like he's loud messy smelly yeah. Han yes. again, singing Han, his life day songs it's like if, yeah, if you have, if you're roommate with a comic and they're on the road a lot you get the place yourself but when they're there they're kind of you know loud <laughs> girls coming by I, I just I'm, I'm, <laughs> as much as I love Han Solo I wouldn't want yeah. to Yeah.
4: yeah how
3: about you Jennifer Yoda what you yeah, is mean, your last choice?
0: Yeah, I l- I would love to go visit him, but I wouldn't want to live with him. He makes stinky food. That's <laughs> fair. You know, like he, <laughs> that's just, fair. he just he just doesn't care. He's messy. I can yeah. see it now.
4: Okay.
2: Love he's it. A, a slimy mud hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my home with Jennifer Landa. <laughs> yeah. Uh my my last choice is somebody we don't talk about a yeah. lot, uh is General Grievous. Oh. Oh, no. that's fair. That's uh, a, good, yeah, that's he a good, good assessment. A big obnoxious cough. <laughs> so even when he's going about his own business, he's <laughs> Exactly. You're like, I'm going to record a podcast, Grievous. Oh, my God.
4: He's uh,
2: he's not okay. responsible with his lightsabers. He's loaded yeah. down with them. And every time he takes them out, twirls them around, <laughs> scrap up. Yeah. 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 He's yeah, got four. Yeah. He's got four of those. He's one waving around. No good. Probably oh, was no. bragging about it. Yeah. I took
3: this one <laughs> in a battle on Naboo.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coffin. <coughs> Cough nightmare disaster. Yeah, Lightsaber oh disaster. Gosh. Don't need him. That's great. So that's it uh, for our questions this week.
3: Great questions, guys. Fun. Thank you, Randall, for submitting that one. You guys, uh, you can uh, submit your own questions on Twitter at ForceCenterPod. Use the hashtag ForceCenter or on Facebook. Just post it on the wall. Send us a message. We love it. Uh, it's uh, one of our uh, favorite parts of the show. That's why we keep doing it there. Uh, we are growing on Twitter. We are, uh, at the time of the recording, approaching 1,700 followers. Yeah. We're making wow. a push for 2,000. If you haven't followed us yet, please consider it at ForceCenterPod on Facebook. We're reaching for 1,000 likes. Help us reach that goal. And, again, if you like that Force Center page on Facebook, you will uh, you will uh, be watching me at Star Wars Celebration, doing some live streaming when I uh, when I can, run around doing my business uh, with Collider. Um, but I'm definitely going to do some updates from there. And on iTunes, Joseph, uh, that was a big crawl and climb up with those ratings and reviews.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're keeping on moving in the uh, ratings and the reviews, all of the algorithms of iTunes, the mysterious yeah. ways. Who knows what prophecy sets <laughs> them in motion. But we do know that uh, ratings and reviews really helps keep... Even as bumping up in the list, we're usually in the top 200 of uh, mm-hmm. TV and movie on iTunes, and we really want to stay there. So keep the subscriptions, ratings, and reviews coming.
3: Absolutely. And Jennifer, we got that big vote still going on on Star Wars Voting closes on April first, yes. and there's uh, you can vote for us for best podcast, and then uh, you and Joseph for best Star Wars hosts. Yeah. Let's get that going, Jennifer. I right?
0: know. Yeah, that's so nice. Please vote. Or <laughs> <Please.
3: laughs> well, Jennifer will destroy you like the Sith. She will. <laughs> can eat you alive.
0: We cannot have balance.
3: If you have <laughs> and uh, Jennifer, where can they find you uh, and your wonderful YouTube videos? Which one was on our page this week on Facebook?
0: Yes, thank you. Uh, you can find me on all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa, youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa, where I currently have my blue milk smoothie recipe oh, up. Ooh. And for those of you who were saying to use blueberries, I actually took a photo, uh, which I can <laughs> show you guys. If you use blueberries, it turns your smoothie purple
4: yes oh it, yeah. yeah i
0: used yeah. five just to yeah. really make back it off and it turned a lavender color so do not use blueberries for your blue milk smoothie
3: <laughs> absolutely joseph you've got a lot going on as always and they can follow you in uh, several different spots
0: yeah
2: you guys can find me on twitter and instagram and all the social media is at joseph scrimshaw you can check out my website joseph for all my upcoming comedy shows um, i'm doing a show in portland very very soon so come check that out and also uh, i'm joining ken i am also on Anchor now, which is a new app, desktop, a Mm -hmm. split really between radio and podcasts. It is something totally brand new. My show is called Head Cannon. I post little segments where I share Mm -hmm. uh, strange, funny opinions, uh, hot takes about all sorts of pop culture stuff, and then ask weird questions that you guys can answer.
3: Love it, love it. You can follow me over onto Anchor as well with the show Daily Throw, it's a quick look at the world of ice and fire. It's a fun new thing going on over there on Anchor, so check it out. You can follow me at Ken Napsok, and uh, that is across all social media platforms. We did it a supersized show. The gang's all back together. That is Force Center for this t- day and time. We will see you again. Don't forget, Blue Milk has no blueberries.